today we're going to talk about um, injustice and Joseph. Uh, but we're going to start with this uh, glass of water, um, which it's supposed to be about half empty or half full. Um, you've all heard, look at this glass. Is it half empty? Is it half full? You say, well, is it supposed to be half empty? Is it supposed to be all the way empty? Or is it supposed to be full? Um, your perspective on your glass, on this glass of water may depend on not only on how much of it is empty, but, um, how much water you think I deserve to have in my cup. Um, maybe that will make sense later on. Maybe you'll be just as confused. Um, hopefully it will make a little more sense. Um, today we're going to start in Genesis 39 and we're going to look at Joseph and consider uh, if Joseph was suffered from injustice. And if so, uh, how did he react to the injustice that he faced in his life? Uh, injustice is defined as a lack of fairness or a, a lack of justice, a lack of receiving uh, what you deserve or what a person deserves. Uh, we're going to start in uh, Genesis 39, and I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 9. So, um, if you remember, Joseph uh, had been sold by his brothers into slavery, uh, which sounds bad, uh, but let's pick it up in uh, 39 verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in the charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left Joseph care, he left in Joseph's care everything he had, and Joseph, with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Now Joseph was a well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in his house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? All right, so Joseph sold into slavery. Not cool, right? I imagine Joseph was like, man, this is unfair. All my other brothers get to stay home. His dad was pretty wealthy. Uh, he gets sold into slavery. 
But is his life really that bad? Are things seem to be going poorly in verses 1 through 9? Or are they going pretty good? Right? Um, I think we want to think about Joseph. His dad had some money. Most of the money goes to the firstborn son? Is Joseph the firstborn son? Not quite. Second? Nope. Third? Nope. Fourth? Nope. I'm not going to count down through all of them. Okay? Uh, Joseph's 11. Joseph is not the number of... So, he's the favorite. Okay? But uh, I'm not sure how this is how that would have worked out. But Joseph was not really number one in line, exactly. Um, I could be misunderstanding that. But we go here to where maybe he's his dad's favorite, but he's got a lot of older brothers, to um, one of the top officials in Egypt uh, has him in charge of his household, right? And we see in these nine verses, we see four or five times the Bible saying, Joseph was prospering. God was prospering him. He was prospering Joseph so much that it was so obvious. Potiphar's like, I got to put this guy in charge of things because God's going to prosper him and he's going to prosper me. And he's going to prosper things in my house. He's going to prosper things in my field. God is just blessing Joseph so much, right? He's got the number one job in this top official in Egypt, a very wealthy and powerful nation. And how much of Potiphar's household can David use? Okay, it says, um, My master does not concern himself with everything. Everything he owns is entrusted in my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. Okay, so you say, man, um, it was really unfair that Joseph had those things stolen away from him. He is a slave, but he sounds like actually life is doing pretty well. Okay? He's doing pretty good for himself, right? If, if you, he's on the career ladder, he's close to the top. He's the top trusted guy in a guy that's the, um, captain of the guards of the, um, pharaoh. Okay, so he he's doing well. So it's like, is he a victim and he's in, had a great injustice done to him? Or has things actually going very well for him? Um, we don't see, uh, until verse 9, we see God prospering him. Is it said, Does it say here God prospered him because he was righteous? Because he was faithful? Because he was living according to God's commands. And verse 9 talks a little bit about, gives us an indication of his character. We didn't really see much of an indication of his character before this in the story. And uh, we don't really, it doesn't say because he was living this way, God blessed him. It says God was blessing him. God was blessing him. God was blessing him so much as boss saw it, everybody saw it around him. So, um, Is it, he's a slave? Is it half empty? Or is his glass half full because 
He's in charge of everything in a wealthy and powerful man's house, and nothing, his master keeps nothing from him. He's, he's not hungry, he's not cold, he doesn't need anything, okay? And he says to uh, Potiphar's wife, his boss's wife, I don't need anything. I have everything going for me. I'm not going to sin against my master or against God. And when I see this, I think, man, Joseph isn't thinking about, man, I was... I, that, those such wrong things were done with me, done to me, and I'm such a miserable guy. He, he seems to me more of a half, glass half full kind of guy. Okay? And he doesn't say, man, I really wish I could take Potiphar's wife and be Potiphar. He says, I'm really blessed with where I am. That, that's how I, that's how I'm reading this. And, uh, He says, uh, why would I do this thing and, and sin against God? So, so he obviously recognized this. This isn't just out of gratitude towards Potiphar. Um, this is showing that, um, he is very much aware of God and God's control in his life. So, um, I'm sure we're all somewhat familiar with this story at least, right? And Potiphar's wife gets angry and she says, I'm going to get that Joseph guy. Um, let's see. Let's read verses 19. Let's pick it up in verse 19. Genesis 39, 19. Um, oh, and she says to her husband, uh, Let's see. Actually, I'm going to do in 16. She kept his cloak beside him. This is when Joseph runs away and leaves his cloak with Potiphar's wife. Then she told him this story to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife says, That Hebrew slave you brought us has come to make a sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak besides me and ran out of the house. Okay, so, doesn't use the word rape or assault. Okay, she says, your slave tried to rape and assault me. Now, Potiphar, powerful guy, military guy, okay? Powerful person associated with a pharaoh. What happens to people who try to rape the king's wife or powerful official's wife? Back then, what was the penalty? Probation? A fine? Think about this for a second, okay? Uh, wouldn't it be death? Okay? Uh, that's the punishment for this crime, alright? Especially if you, if, if this guy, I mean, he's, he's the captain of the guards. He has armed men all around him, okay? It's kind of interesting, because that's not what happens to Joseph. Um, I read a commentary that suggested maybe Potiphar was pretty aware of what kind of woman his wife was, and that's, not what that's why Joseph was not killed, right? Because he's not killed. He he's accused of this crime. He's going to be fired for this crime, and yet he doesn't get the punishment that would seem to be the most obvious punishment for somebody accused and thought to be guilty of this crime. Um, which I would say is maybe Potiphar knew what kind of woman his wife was, or maybe this is God, or definitely this is God working to make sure that 
nothing is going to happen to Joseph because God has a, a plan uh, for Joseph. So Joseph, though, no fault of his own. He doesn't get executed. That's good. Okay. But he gets he gets thrown into prison. Okay. Um, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were combined. While Joseph was in there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him his kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Okay, so we see clearly that in one circumstance, he acts in accordance with God's law and doesn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. Okay, so maybe this is a, he's a man of great character, but he also was getting a ton of favorable treatment from God, right? You say, oh, uh, his glass is only, I don't know if this analogy is working at all. His glass is only half full. Okay, he's in prison. He's in a favorable position, but he's in prison. Okay, but if you look at why is he getting this favorable treatment? Why does he keep up ending ending up to be in these positions of, of honor and prestige and where he's going to be getting much better treatment than all of the other people in his situation? It's because God is doing it. God is prospering. God is showing kindness on him. Okay? Granting him favors in the eyes of all of those people around him. And he's going to hear, he's so, uh, again, I think we're familiar with the outlines of this, of this story. Um, and he's in prison. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be there. But then again, God's really helping him through and making it as good, I guess, as Egyptian prison could be 3,000 years ago. Um, and uh, so uh, he's in there and he meets this guy, the cupbearer and the baker of the king in Egypt. And they have these dreams. And Joseph is going to... Um, be able to um because of uh his relationship with god okay and because of god's blessings to explain what these two men's dreams mean to them so uh and i think this actually we kind of get in these next verses a little bit of insight into what joseph is is thinking at this point right we don't really have much on behalf of jo i guess joseph said we kind of see before he appreciated the position he was in, in Potiphar's household. Um, let's see, Genesis 40, starting in verse 12. This is after the cupbearer had told Joseph about the cupbearer's um, dream. And Joseph says, and this is what it means, Joseph said to him, the three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore to you to your position and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hands, just as you used to 
when you were his cupbearer. And when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even even here I have done nothing to be, des deserve being put in this dungeon. Okay. When you put it like that, it sounds like this is a pretty miserable place. Right. When he's describing his life story. Right. Joseph's description of his life story is, I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and I've done nothing to be deserve being put in this dungeon. Well, that sure sounds like he's a victim of great injustice. When people are a victim of great injustice, they can become bitter. They can become angry. They gotta find somebody to blame. You know, when bad things happen to us, Often the last people we blame is ourselves. The first people we blame is somebody else. My family. My co-workers. Why can't other people around us realize that they don't appreciate me? I'm the victim in this situation. Um, and so he's in. Joseph was a victim. Okay, two times, two times. Okay, God's blessing him in many ways. He's also a victim of injustice. Um, and he says to this cupbearer, hey, three days, you're going to be with Pharaoh. Please remember me. Okay, and the cupbearer's like, great. Cupbearer returns to Pharaoh's, to Pharaoh's uh, presence, gets his job back. Okay, just as Joseph had said. In 40, verse 23, in the cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Oops. Now, people forget, I forget things all the time, right? But like, come on, you're in prison, okay? And you have a dream, and then some guy says, hey, this dream means you're going from prison to Pharaoh three days from now. Pretty dramatic thing. Don't you think you should remember that, like, three days later? Like, don't that should have really made a really good impression on you. Be like, oh, yeah, now that I'm back in a position of prestige where I have the ear of the king, like, I can remember this. Forgets him out of his mind, okay? This is another injustice, maybe, okay? Another injustice. And, um, you know, actually, when you think about it, Right? Um, if this cupbearer is Joseph's friend, he's been mistreated by his friends. Okay? He's been, his boss Potiphar kicked him out for actually no reason. Okay? Mistreated by his friends, mistreated by his boss. Okay? And mistreated by his family. Okay? Uh, who sold him into slavery. Okay? Uh, he was the victim of a lot of injustice. If he thought about that, man, it should have made him angry at the cupbearer, his boss, his family. I'm only supposed to do 39 through 40, but I'm going to skip ahead and read something in verse 45 because I don't think that Joseph dwelled on the injustices done to him. Okay? If Joseph's life 
was only half full, okay? I don't think he really worried about what was missing. Many years later, Joseph bumps into those brothers, the brothers that sold him into slavery decades before. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph! Is my father still living? And his brothers were not able to answer because they were terrified at his presence. Why were they terrified at his presence? Because they had done a great injustice to him. A great injustice. Right? They're terrified. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when he had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one who sold you into Egypt. Now do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to the save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was not you who sent me here, but God! was not you who made me father to Pharaoh, lord of entire household and ruler of all Egypt? Wait, did he forget about that injustice? Did he forget about the emptiness in his class? I'm kind of thirsty, and I think, I think you know, if you look at his life, there's a, there's a lot of injustice, a lot of things stolen from him. Time with his family, his career, okay? Lots of things stolen from him, but he doesn't dwell on the injustices, okay? He thinks about the blessings, right? He thinks about all of the water in his cup. Because who put that water in his cup? How much water did he deserve? How much in our life do we deserve? Maybe we don't deserve the injustices. But where are all the blessings from? Right? He doesn't think of that uh, Joseph doesn't seem to dwell on the injustices in his life. He seems to dwell on the positives, on the blessings, on how God has used things that in some ways are terrible, but in other ways have worked great things in his lives, like allowing him to save people in his family. Allowing him to save many people. I think that Joseph dwells on those things that are good. Uh, in Philippians 4, it reminds me of Paul, who wrote, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. Paul could be in hungry, whether he was hungry or cold or tired. Okay, and Joseph may have faced some of those things, but he also faced when he was a victim of injustice. And 
he could be content. How could he be content? Because he had faith in God. Because, and we see, if we don't see that too much along the way, we see that clearly in 45, chapter 45, where he says, this was God's plan. Okay? And he's not, he doesn't seem to be somebody who's keeping track of the injustices and weighing them off with the blessings. He seems to be somebody that just pays attention to the blessings. Another verse, and I don't know, maybe I'm trying to push the water too far, okay? Um, we don't, you know, God didn't promise us we aren't born with uh, a promise that our lives will be full glasses of life. All blessings all the time, okay? We don't deserve that. That's not something that we have a birthright to or a promise to, okay? We we need to be thankful for all the blessings that we do have. Joseph recognized that. Um, perhaps one of the more famous verses in the Bi chapters in the Bible, Psalms twenty three. David says, "You prepared a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil." My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David faced injustices. David faced trials. David, there was times that David was not allowed to do the things he was supposed to do. He did not receive what he was entitled to receive. He had things uh, challenges taken from him, people not people mistreating him, okay, and yet he also did not dwell on the injustices done to him, but rather on the blessings that he received from God. I think that it's easier for us to dwell on those things, to feel a victim, rather than to be thankful and appreciative of all of the blessings. And, um, it's not really human nature. Uh, it's something that, um, the spirit needs to work on us. Um, we need to remember, we need to pray about, we need to be reminded about that, um, we shouldn't be keeping track of the blessings. We shouldn't be keeping track of how empty our cup is, but how full it is. I don't know if this was unorganized or uh, if you didn't get all the water. Um, but even if you don't, at least we can think and be reminded of how Joseph was able to make it through uh, many trials and many years of suffering um, and not become bitter, but still see the blessings that God put in his trials, the great things that God achieved in his trials, and see his life not as a life full of injustice, but as a life full of good work for God's people. Thanks for listening.